0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboos, and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboo, and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court, and tonight we're going to be talking with Clinton Power on the silent suffering of gay loneliness. Today I'm talking about the silent suffering of gay loneliness with my Australian LGBTQI plus counselor and author, Clinton Power. In 2003, Clinton founded Sydney Gay Counseling, where he's been working with LGBTQIA plus community. Clinton is passionate about working with same-sex couples and issues such as open relationships, polyamory, and gay loneliness. He believes that loneliness in gay men is a serious issue, issue, an epidemic, in fact, that needs attention. But why are so many gay men lonely? And how can we help gay men overcome this issue to improve their mental health and well-being? Let's talk about this. Welcome, Clinton.
1: Thanks, Joe. Great to be here.
0: It's so glad to have you here. And, you know, I wish I would have added because I thought to myself, but I'll say it now. We're also friends, right? I've known you a long we, time.
1: We are friends. We are friends. We've had, we've had a, a long-standing collegial relationship and I and, uh, have family not too far from you in Detroit. So we haven't met up in person yet, but I'm looking forward to that one day.
0: Me too. Hopefully I'll, it'll be in Australia. I'd like to come there.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, you're welcome anytime.
0: Yeah, once the borders open, right?
1: <laughs> oh, yes, yes.
0: Okay, so let's start with this because it's so important and you have a lot to say and it's good. So gay loneliness becoming an epidemic. What do you mean?
1: Well, this is the curious thing. It's like it, it seems crazy to some people who aren't connected to the gay community because often they see gay men as happy and joyful and having lots of friends and connected, having a great time in life. But I think this is this is something that doesn't get talked about very often and I've been running gay men's groups for quite a few years now that are my practice in Sydney and I'd say it's almost like the number one issue that the members in my groups uh, experience and it's one of the reasons why they 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 join the group because many of the gay men in these groups have this very deep and profound sense of loneliness and and I think the concern here as well is that it can lead to very severe mental health issues, so that's something we can talk about today.
0: Mhm, you know, um, I relate to this so much. I know people see me out, I'm openly gay, I've been out all my pretty much my adult life. In some of my teenage life, and uh, I'm out with friends. You see me, but you know there was a period where I uh, spent my life only focused on my work, my husband, and my sister and her kids, and helped her raise them. So I was sort of out of it, and sort of dropped a lot of my friends, or they dropped me because I was out of it. When I came back and tried to make friends in the gay community, it the male community at least, so hard, so difficult. Their niches had already been established. I mean, do you hear people talk about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually read some research, Joe, that shows that gay men have fewer friends than straight people or even gay women. And there's probably a number of reasons for that. But I think that can certainly exacerbate it. One of the things that I've certainly seen is, um, you know, you and I are a pretty similar generation. And back when I was coming out in those early days, um, the way you met people is you went out, you left your house, you went to a bar, uh, you went to a club, maybe you went to a sauna, and you you talked to people, you connected, you, you met people in the real world. And I think there has been this massive shift away from um, in-person meetings, and if social media is certainly a big part of that, hook up, hook up apps as well. And I think that that has been a big problem. It really is a double-edged sword when we talk about social media and hookup apps.
0: Yeah, I know that's contributed greatly. And so is that what what you would start to talk about when you when you talk about what causes loneliness in gay men?
1: Yeah, look, I think when it comes to social media, it, it it's this two-fold process because on the one hand, it's this incredible revolution. We can connect with anyone, anywhere, at any time across the world. I mean, even social media has helped you and I as colleagues on different sides of the world um, really get to know each other and 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 have a relationship and a collegial discussions. And, and it's incredible what's possible. But then the downside is it can really feed into insecurities and and particularly with gay men, you know, the negative beliefs and self-talk. And then if we move to the hookup apps, I mean hookup apps can really make you feel ugly and and anytime you want to kind of lower your self-esteem it's a it's a great place to go because a number of people I talk to gay men who go on those apps and tell me you know what Clinton I feel worse after I come off those apps than before I went on them which is kind of bizarre isn't it Joe it's like why would you do that to yourself but at the same time they're so compelling and they're so integrated in our lives In you know certainly social media can you imagine even these days getting up and not going on some social media account so yes. it's it's a big problem
0: it is a big problem I had a client come in once and say it uh, hooking up with guys on on those apps sometimes to me feels like empty calories I thought that was a great analogy
1: <laughs> yes yeah yeah it's so true I mean I, many gay men will tell you that they never or very rarely have a problem um, lining up sex you know getting sex is is not difficult but what is missing for many gay men and what they find Uh, often many many men find more challenging is developing a deeper connection and then perhaps a relationship and love and and intimacy that that is certainly more challenging and one of the other things i want to say on that as well is that uh, texting really dominates our our communications these days and i also see texting is very problematic i just had a, a client in the last week who's dating someone and it's going really well and there's great chemistry and and they're um you know, really enjoying each other, but everything's on text. And there's been a little problem with the communication. I said, well, why don't you just give him a call or have a FaceTime just to, and he said to me, oh my God, I can't do that. That would just be way too kind of scary or kind of full <laughs> on to give someone a call. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God.
1: Yeah. And the problem with texting is that we, you know, we, we, our brains aren't Aren't really organized to really accurately interpret texts. You know, we often misread the intent. We can't pick up emotions accurately. Um, I'm sure you've worked with many, many couples where they, they start having a fight on text because of this very reason. And I think our brains aren't designed to do tappity tap all day. We, we, we're designed, we're designed and wired to connect. We, we need to meet people in the real world and see facial expressions and be close to people.
0: You know, women will always say, God, I wish my husband was more like a gay man. He's so um, demonstrative and emotional and connecting. And I say, yes, we are with you, but we're not necessarily with each other. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes, yes, I agree. I think I think gay men can be different in different contexts and different scenarios. And I've worked with a lot of gay men over the years who say, you know what, well, Clinton, I'm I feel extremely intimidated by other gay men. And so if I walk into a, a venue where or a party or a social event where I know there's other gay men, I find it extremely anxiety provoking. I feel insecure. I worry about how I look. Even if I've had clients say, you know, the famous Bondo Beach at Sydney, which has a it kind of has a gay end. The north end of the beach is a lot and lots of gay men and, and full of, you know, outstandingly uh, male uh, male specimens. You know, it's just ridiculous. But my clients would say, look, I'm too scared to go there. Or even if I go there, if I go in the water, I'm walking out of the water and I'm obsessed. Like, am I sucking in my belly? Am I walking right? Do I look masculine enough? Yep. Like Something that should be relaxing becomes this enormous ordeal of stress and anxiety. <laughs>
0: now, one time my husband and I were on a gay cruise. This is like the 90s. And um, or maybe the early 2000s. And I was like all obsessed with my hair in a mirror while we were off the boat. And so the straight guy with his wife said, he was older guy, he goes, you're on vacation. Just, you know, relax. What's going on? I'm like, I'm on gay vacation. You don't know what this is like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's totally different. It's totally yeah. different.
0: So what do you think... Um, I mean so that but that does that explain because I think to myself when I do go to places that are uh gay spaces they're often in their cliques and they'll even get up together and go get something at the bar and then all come back it's like they travel in packs do you think that's their way of like combating this
1: yes yes and, and that 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 is also a great point joe i think that's extremely problematic because one of the one of the things that a lot of gay men struggle with is is feeling included and feeling like they belong. So even like that scenario you described, when you might walk into a venue and uh, you know that you see that everyone's in their cliques, in their little groups, of course it's very hard to kind of break into that unless someone introduces you, you know. And when I think back to you know, think eons ago. This is how we actually punish people. Like if we if someone committed a crime, they were rejected from the tribe. They were they were basically isolated. And often that led to death because, you know, because an individual couldn't survive without the tribe. And in some ways, even though we're in a sophisticated 21st century today, that kind of dynamic can happen again where people feel like they've been outcast or they just can't get into a tribe or get included into a group of individuals and that can really exacerbate um, gay men's mental health and we know that um i mean once someone feels really isolated and lonely um it can really exacerbate a lot of health conditions. And we're talking about not just anxiety and depression, but, you know, it's shown dementia can increase, Alzheimer's, high blood pressure, heart disease, and even it can even weaken the immune system. So, you know, LGBTQIA+, it was already a vulnerable population. So with that vulnerability, throw in the mix of loneliness and isolation, all those things can be compounded. And that, that's a big problem.
0: Uh, it's really, really awful. It's so not talked about in in, uh, in our community even as well as outside. What do you think the connection between sex, drug use, depression, and loneliness is?
1: Well, I think, you know, many of us can relate to, you know, self-medicating in one way or another. And certainly those things can, um, you know, they can have this initial soothing or pleasurable um, effect. You now, all those things, whether it's sex or drug use, you um, Uh, alcohol use initially can feel good but of course we all know the downsides is that um, they can rapidly increase if you you get past that tipping point where maybe you're not just having a drink on friday night to kind of de stress from the week but it turns into five or six drinks and then it's a line of coke and next thing you know you might be um, cruising online to hook up and then it's maybe more hardcore drugs those kinds of sequencing of behaviors are incredibly problematic and for what happens with some gay men is it then starts to become part of their ritual of how they self-soothe and and that kind of ritual of self-soothing while initially it may have some uh, small benefits. It doesn't take too long be- before the the negative be- uh, the the negative consequences outweigh the small benefits. And uh, as we mentioned before, you know, sex is readily available, uh, love and connection is much harder to find. And a lot of the men I work with, um, you know, use sex to self soothe, but ultimately that also becomes. Um, self-defending as well, because they just end up feeling more and more empty. They're they're actually seeking intimacy and closeness. Yes. But at the end of a sexual experience, sometimes they think, you know what, I actually feel a bit worse than I did before.
0: So I always call it like pseudo intimacy. They're looking for it, but it isn't real.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's a really good description. And I think, you know, the thinking is that oh. I'm having sex, so I am close to someone. This must be this must be a kind of intimate experience, but on the whole, for many of the people I work with, they say, "Well, I, I didn't actually feel emotionally connected to the person," you know. And I think that's what that's what a lot of gay men are seeking. You know, certainly growing up gay in a straight world, which we've all done. Many of us did experience rejection as kids, and and particularly if you if you presented as more feminine than other boys in school, there's a very good chance you were singled out, you were teased and bullied, and that kind of prolonged stress can also affect our mental health. There's even a term for it. I think it's called minority stress. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that people people that keep a secret for many many years, like you know, recognizing you know, you're gay and then having to hide that from people that you're close to for many years can be a stressful experience. Being bullied or singled out for being gay. And many of the men I speak to were even accused of being gay before they even knew what gay meant. You know, this is how, you know, kids somehow, they have an incredible, you know, ability to be able to identify who's gay. And who's not. So I think gay men have a a very acute radar for rejection. And that kind of, I think that's the theme that permeates what we're talking about today, as well as many gay men know what rejection feels like, they seek to avoid it. But if they think it's going to happen, they'll also kind of withdraw very quickly as well. And that cycle can exacerbate loneliness.
0: What do you, how do you feel this pandemic has added to all this?
1: Oh, it's just, it's just been terrible. It's just, uh, it's completely exacerbated whole issue as i mentioned before you know we're all wired to connect we need to be close to people we need to touch people and hug people whether it's our friends or loved ones or family members all those things have been impacted all the messages of the pandemic are do not get close to people you need to keep your distance um you know and a a lot of people depending on where you are in the world are very stressed about even that idea of of proximity and getting close and i've also had clients because i'm working a lot online at the moment now and i've had some of my australian clients have been stuck in different parts of the world they they can't get home because we've had a hard border here and reduced international arrivals they can't see their family if they're kind of locked in their apartment they're missing all their usual support systems it's it's really a grave situation for 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 many men are you are you seeing similar things because i know that it's you know quite different from where you are in the world as well
0: Oh, I am seeing similar things. And here I always say this. I feel like one of the um, drawbacks of not having women in our community is that women teach men how to be in emotional connection. And that's not because the men are flawed. It's because we're not taught. We're actually taught not to be in emotional connection with one another. And then we got the homophobia for, that we run from each other. So nobody's here to teach each other. How do you relate to each other? How do you look into each other's eyes? How do you be, not how do you be friendly? Gay men know how to be friendly, but when with each other, at one time I had a guy say to me, um, "You know, I don't stare in men's eyes too too uh, long because it's, it either means you're going to fight or you're going to fuck." And I feel like that sort of <laughs> carries over into our, our our relationships. We're either not going to fight, but we're gonna we're gonna fuck, or we're uh, I don't know. What do you think of what I'm saying? That that women teach men yeah. how to be in a relationship. But we don't have that.
1: I, I think that's so true. And maybe I heard you say this once, Joe. That you know something you said something on the lines of everything i've ever learned about love was from from women i think you might have been speaking about lesbian couples as well mm-hmm. and i often i have that same experience when i've worked with lesbian couples and just the incredible intimacy and openness and expressiveness that i see in the room and sometimes i've even had had the thought of another couple and it's generally a gay couple and, and i think in the back of my mind oh i wish they could be here and and see this because they need this modeling of this is this is how you can be with another human being and it it is just beautiful to witness and i i I totally agree with what you're saying women are socialized to be relational and they just they do it without thinking often you know of course it's a generalization there are women that struggle with this but on the whole you know that's that's so powerful that socializing and we don't get that and particularly gay couples we we often don't get positive role models of how to be in a gay relationship there's not a lot of other gay couples around where we can look at and think oh wow that's I can do that. Oh, that's beautiful. Or yeah, of course, that's how how we should treat each other.
0: Yes, right. I mean, it's better now with social media. So there's more images and visibility, but it's got such a long way to go. I agree with you.
1: Yeah, I, I love the movement as well. Like I'm seeing more and more on, um, you know, even like fictional dramas and TV and Netflix. We're seeing more and more gay characters, gay couples, and I love I love some of the representations of them. They're just they are they're healthy representations of how to be a loving gay male couple, and uh, we we need more of that. We we def- there's definitely there hasn't been enough. Uh, of that in the past and and because that's that's also how we learn we it's certainly how i've learned as well just by looking at role models and and recognizing oh wow, well, i can do that and then you try it out for yourself and this is how we develop as as humans
0: what about we we need to i think talk about older gay men and their vulnerability to loneliness what do you say to that
1: yeah this is a population i'm i'm very passionate about because i think they get you know, older gay men get overlooked. And even uh, in my gay groups, you know, we've we've always had some older gay men and even before they've come to the first meeting, they say things which I find extraordinary like, will I be accepted there? Or what are the ages of the other members? You know, will they be okay that I'm in my 50s and, and everyone else might be in their 20s or 30s? So it's just interesting how there's this kind of these concerns as as we all get older. And I think there's this invisibility that happens. You know, um, I've had a lot of older gay male clients say that as they've got older, they just notice they just get ignored on the street by other gay men or in venues or at parties. We talk about lesbian invisibility, but I also also think there's, you know, gay seniors invisibility as well. And it's an awful experience. Um, it, it ties back to this idea of rejection by the tribe. That there's something wrong with me because I'm not. People aren't interested in me anymore.
0: Yes, right. And the only so I I started experiencing it when I turned fifty. I'm I'm going to be fifty eight. When I walk into a gay bar, I used to be heads would turn. I mean, I'm not bragging, but it was that way. I was I was good looking and I was young. I don't think I'm bad looking now. I think I'm pretty good looking for my age, but I am my age. And when I walk in, sometimes I feel like a ghost or a hologram, you know, like you walk, people just walk right yeah. through me.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm, I'm talking about. And it's crazy, isn't it? But we're all heading in the same direction and we're all going to be 50, 60, 70. I'm 50 myself this year, actually. So, you know, I can relate to some of that as well. And it's... um I, I wish that we could have more acceptance in the gay community and just more, this is something I'm passionate about, is just bringing people more together so that, and this is what I love about the gr- the groups I've run because there's often been a lot of diversity of younger and older men, and it's extraordinary how often the younger gay men learn so much from the older gay men. They have so much to contribute. you know, Aside from wisdom and life experience, we all need to learn from that. Um, but I think the other challenge as well is if, if you get to middle age and, and older as a gay man and you're not in a relationship, it's quite likely that uh, you may be living alone and that can also be a complication. I think if you live alone as an older gay man, you do have to make more of an effort to really get out and, and meet people and it's something you have to be quite conscious of. Otherwise, you can, you can get very insular and that can be dangerous for your mental health.
0: Yeah, and it took me years. You know, usually I made friends by friends coming to me in college in my young adulthood, and then I took that break while I was, you know, working and all, everything. When I came back into the community, it I could make people were friendly to me as Doctor Joe Court, but if I just walked in and they didn't really know who I was, I had to make. Sh- really strong efforts and be vulnerable and go up to people and, and make um, myself do this. And it was hard because who wants, you know, gay men are pretty brutal, I think. And I would try to make friends and you could tell when they weren't interested and I wasn't good looking enough. I was too old for them, whatever it was, you could feel it. And it's very depressing.
1: But did it, I want to know though, Joe, did it get easier the more you did it?
0: it got better. And yes, it got easier. And then I, you know, I had to stick with it. I, I found a a group and then that didn't work out. I found another group, you know, like you just sort of keep doing it and it took a while, but yes. But I think a lot of guys give up because it's so um, rejecting.
1: Yeah. I see a lot of that people give up and sometimes they just have one or two experiences that maybe it didn't turn out how they want, or they went to a party and they felt isolated and not included. And they give up very, very quickly. And I think it comes back to this this radar for rejection that gay men can often seek to avoid experiences where they're going to be rejected as they were growing up. Uh, often growing up as a child. And it is hard because you have to really step out of your comfort zone. And one of the things, I mean, maybe we'll talk about this, you know, about some of the tips and suggestions, but one of the things I do suggest is, you know, you have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to go into challenging situations to overcome this.
0: So what are the tips? Like, okay, so yes, that's one of them. And what other things can gay men do to, you know, battle their loneliness?
1: Look, I encourage... A lot of gay men to really focus on friendship rather than dating and uh, this is really for single for single gay men but if, if you are single focus more on friendship making connections getting into groups you want to you really want to find your tribe um and then once you once you start making new connections get those new connections to introduce you to more new connections you want this kind of positive spiral where friends can become friends can become friends if you can join a gay group that meets on a regular basis, preferably even weekly, uh, I think that's a great thing to do. You know, it might be, I mean, have a look at meetup.com. I think that's a worldwide website yes. that kind of just shows your local groups. And and certainly in Sydney, there's a lot of gay groups. Um, and majority of those groups, if not all of them, are really adjusted friendship groups themed around activities you know things like bushwalking could be sports sporting groups i know in sydney we have we seem to have a sporting group for every single sport under the sun i've had clients that do water polo jogging swimming cycling um football soccer everything and then there's other activities i've had people in french poetry reading groups you know um just a a the people that love going to restaurants, and this is why I like the friendship aspect of it, because with meetup you can. They often say, "Look, you, let's meet at this restaurant. We're going to have a meal together, and then we'll, we'll just get to to know each other." And you know, there's there's often much less stress related to that because you don't have the dating situation where the expectations are. Oh my God, I've got to look my best. I've got to be you know, on my best behavior and really create a, uh, create a great impression. It's just about, let's just connect with people. But essentially you want to find a tribe of like-minded people for emotional support. Yes. That's, that's really critical.
0: Even if it's just online, wouldn't you agree? Because some people are in places they can't go publicly now, especially because of COVID and the pandemic.
1: Yeah, I mean, start with online if you if you're being restricted because of the pandemic. That's that's really really critical, and a lot of people do experience when they join, particularly groups that have a, a theme and maybe they meet online. They they can f- experience a lot of emotional support, but if you can reduce social media use, um, you know that that can often make a difference. You know, so um, maybe if you kind of track your time, just try to reduce the time that you're on there, and move your focus more to meeting people in the real world you know even if you just meet someone for a coffee just it's like catch up with a friend say look i've got 30 minutes let's have a quick coffee before work after work something like that can really just shift your mood it can help you feel more connected there's there's something about meeting people in the real world that feels so different than endless chatting forever. You know, and I've had many clients that just will chat to people for weeks and months and still not meet up with them. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because then they build up this whole picture in their mind of who this person is and when sometimes if they ever, but if they do meet in person, the person is not even related to the picture, the fantasy they had in their mind. So if you are chatting with someone, I often encourage you try to meet up sooner rather than later. You know, maybe it goes through, we would say, hey, look, I'm free on Monday after work. Let's have a quick drink, quick coffee, say hi, and don't let it go on for weeks or months, because it, it's really quite unproductive. And I've, I think many people just report that they're, they're just disenchanted when they actually meet up for the first time yes. after many months.
0: Clinton, I just love that this is your passion, your specialty, and, and is mine as well. I've, you know, As you know, my, a lot of my work has been with gay men, and I feel like we don't really have a lot of mentors. We don't have a lot of people leading the way. We lost a lot of people during HIV and AIDS crisis in the 80s. So I, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you and the work you do from all the way across the planet, from where we are here in the Detroit. How can people find you?
1: Uh, The probably the best way to find me is just my website, which is sydneygaycounseling.com. I uh, see clients in Sydney, Australia, but I'm also working online. So I generally work with Australians, but anywhere throughout Australia or have many expats living across the world who are Australian. And um, yeah, so that's the way we've gone since the pandemic. Interestingly, I didn't used to work much online, but now I love it, Joe. I've actually found it to be very effective. How how Mm. have you found it?
0: Oh, I've been doing it for so long. Yes, I've been. I love it. I don't love doing it all day long. I, lo- I love how it used to be. I would do a few clients uh, online and then we'd, we'd see in person. Then another every day was a mix. The whole day yes. like this, um, my eyes are tired and red.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm the same. I try to limit to three or four hours. That's about my limit with looking at the screen. But um, yes. um, it's great. And it's great to be able to help people if they can't get to a therapist, particularly with the pandemic. It's, it's not always possible. Oh, right.
0: No, no, that's the best. All right. Well, thank you so much, Clinton, for joining me. And if you, the listeners, if you were new today, I hope you'll keep joining us. If you are with us already, that you'll continue with me. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And you can also follow me at Dr. Joe Court on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and um, Facebook. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court, and you can find me on joecourt.com. That's J O E K O R T.com. See you next time.